HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Whole Foods Market. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. This is Michael Harlan Turkel, host of The Food Scene. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm your host, Damon Bolte, and my, my guest on the show today. Um, last time he was on, he uh, broke—not broke, just shattered all the records <laughs> of how many times a person could say "fuck" on the radio. And uh, you broke I, the fuck seal, by the way. Yeah. You broke it. I was, I was like, "Let me wait till someone else says the word," and then boom. Yeah. <laughs> But he went way, way above and beyond, as you, you often do. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay, we <laughs> got, right. I got seven. Seven so far. That's it. That's done. Okay. So, all right. Welcome we'll back try. to the show, Giuseppe Gonzalez. <laughs> How you doing, Dave? I'm good, man. Good to see you. It's been uh, it's been a while since we've hung out, um, but you've been very busy, uh, as as it tends to be the case with a lot of people come on this show. Yeah. And the reason why I haven't seen him in a while. Um you have a new bar that you just opened called Suffolk Arms and Lower East Side yeah. that's been long awaited, highly anticipated. Uh, tell me about it, man. I've only, I haven't even been there yet. I've been busy at my place, but I, I need to break away and get over there sometime soon. Bro, like, if your life is like my life, we're not going to see each other until yeah, like two more years. Two more years. <laughs> Literally before the show, I'm just like, yeah, how the fuck do you do it? Does it get easier, man? Like, I just, I mean, it does, but like, you know, getting acclimated. You know, like I, I opened the bar on Thursday. I was able to bartend twice. And then since then it's just been like, okay, I can't get back there because I have to be up at like eight in the morning to like meet with my plumber or my electrician. Yeah. It's weird. Fix my POS, do a million things that, you know, deal with like normal people who like work during the day. And then I'm open till 4am and it's just like, okay, well, how do you, how can you function, you know, like three, four hours of sleep. So. Yeah, man. It's not my complaining, you know. Like these are good problems. No, yeah, they're, these are they're, great problems. But they're definitely you know? they're they're hurdles, man. They're, yeah. they're you got to really have to figure out how to manage yourself. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's the biggest one to me. It's like 
I can manage other people fairly well. I'm not the best. Yeah. Um, but, it's like running a marathon, man. It's just like, yo, like, yeah. you, it's like you, might, you might think you have another six hours in you, but it's just like, yo, just use that time to sleep because you're going to have to do it all over again tomorrow and then the next day. Like, the days off, really. When you're the boss, you know, like, you don't really give yourself days off, especially. I mean, like, the goal is always to extricate yourself, but that shit ain't happening. And yeah. That's just not happening, you know, for a while. So. Right. Yeah, if ever, if I'm, if I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm one of those people that just never really lets everyone, you know. Not say I'm not trusting, you know. I trust everyone around me. I love, I love my staff, but I always know I'm just like, yeah, I'm always going to be pretty hands on with like everything that happens, you know. Sure. <clears throat> Sorry. So, so you've only gotten a chance to bartend twice, but that's okay. You've only been open less than a week. Yeah. You know, and there's like you said, there's a lot of stuff to do. Um, I've seen photos of the bar. And I can't wait to go by because it looks it's fucking beautiful, man. Yeah, it's really yeah. really cool, and it's it's unlike what any it, like to me. It looks very like old school, like pub, like yeah. English pub style, and I don't really see a lot of that happening with like modern cocktail bars. Yeah, I mean, I mean to describe Suffolk Arms, the idea behind it. Um, I mean. How do I say it? Like, you know, like when you're describing your bar, like in the beginning, it's like one or two sentences, just like somebody yeah. asks you, just like, what's it going to look like? And I'm like, oh, it's going to kind of look like an English pub. You know, so everyone's just like, oh, Joe's opening an English pub. I'm just like, no, like, you know, I have one partner, Ruben. We're both Puerto Ricans from New York. So just like, oh, Puerto Ricans opening an English pub. Yeah, that, that concept's <laughs> going to work. And, I, you know, you try to like tell people it's not a concept, but I basically did was steal the oldest bar concept, the most stolen concept of all time. <laughs> all right. The English invented the bar. So, like, you know, the Irish pub is a copy of the English pub. The Scottish pub is a copy of the English pub. You always see something like that in every major city in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, so you'll see, like, the beautiful woodwork, two-tone colors, frames, flower plants everywhere. You know, woodwork inside, blah, blah. Pegging pictures are kind of like with the older bars, a real, a real chronology of the place. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take what every bar, I'm going to do what every bartender before, well, not every bartender, but a great majority of the bartenders in history have done. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to do this too. So I took that copy or that template, better said, Mm -hmm. and I made it my own. So the colors are the colors of New York. The logo are the New York City Public Library lines. I mean, I'm a New York guy. Everybody knows I'm a New York guy. Um, I guess I spent the most time on the exterior I guess where it differs from like cocktail bars, just like sometimes, it, sometimes you know, like you'll see in the design, which is like almost like speakeasy or like whatever, mm-hmm. whatever term we use to fucking nominate, you know, describe yeah. it. It's like, oh well, you know, I want to landmark exactly where the bar is. Mm-hmm. So when you're driving by, you know exactly where Suffolk Arms is. There's only one place that looks like it. There's flowers all over the place, the woodwork, the sign, everything. Like you can't miss it. You yeah. can see it from three blocks away, whereas other bars, you know what I mean? You have to, like, is this the one? There's no click, sign. Click, click, click. There's no yeah. sign. You know what I mean? There's no one. There's a faux, like, front, you know, like, you know, it's just like, oh, let's just go old school, see what happens. I mean, I mean, I joke I joke with my English homies. He's like, you open an English pub. It's like, no, I open a New York City bar, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it just so happens that, like, you know, New York City bars, old school New York City bars happen to look like English pubs because you guys invented yeah. the bar. I fuck with them a little bit where I'm like, ah, oh, you, know, you know, the English invented the bar. We invented the cocktail. It's kind of like, <laughs> it's kind of like you invented the car and we taught you how to drive it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, all right, here, 
That's nice. <laughs> oh, I, I'm still a, I'm still a master at talking shit. <laughs> um, and indeed you are. Um, one of one of the main design elements that I've seen in photographs is I mean, like yeah, it does have a very old like pub style like wood and and kind of like brass and it definitely has that old vibe. Mm-hmm. It, almost as if it had been around for a very very long time yeah you know and it's got some really cool like frame frame caricatures yeah. of all kinds of wacky people on the mm-hmm. on the walls which i think some, is awesome some some new yorkers on there um i mean the philosophy behind it is just like when i first saw it, it was just like let's get when you look at the old bars in particular like like when i'm talking like pete's mm-hmm. um mcsorley's you know what i mean old school like motherfuckers you know um you can see a chronology like the history of the bar is on the walls, mm-hmm. so when you see that newspaper clipping, that's a that they didn't buy that at an antique shop. They right. cut the freaking newspaper clipping and they put it on the wall. That picture of the owner has been there for thirty, forty years. That picture of that celebrity, the picture like you go to Katz's, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, like they're running out of space, so you can see like where they're adding. You know what I mean? And all the people, right. like the actors that are, like the actors that are in there, are just like guys from the fifties, the sixties, or whatever yeah. local celebrity. You know, like you can see that they don't need to write a book. You just go inside the bar and look on the walls. Yeah, totally. So when I was designing the bar, like me and my partner Ruben were like starting to look at pictures and whatnot. And I was like, I don't want fucking pictures, man. Anybody can do pictures. Yeah. Um, pictures. It looks like a stage set. You know what I mean? It wouldn't have the same effect. Right. Yeah. So my graphic designer, uh, Mandy, her thesis was drawing these beautiful portraits on wood and I'd never seen anything like it. So like when people ask me, why does Suffolk Arms take so long? It's because I'm a fucking moron, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or it's like, okay, this is one example. Um, well, it's just like, well, oh, that looks gorgeous. You know what I mean? Can, could I give you a picture and you, can you do a portrait of someone? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, how long would it take, how long does it take you to do one? And she's like, oh, like five, six hours, depending you know, on who it is. Um, and I'm like, all right, how long will it take you to do 80? <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a mega piece, you know what I mean? And that, that took her like six months of fucking like five, six months of just like getting all the pictures and getting them framed. And then, you know, curating or okay, who goes on the wall, you know, like you got to create rules. Like, you know, like I was just like, they can only be New Yorkers, you know, they all have to like certain people that you won't recognize. Like, I'm not trying to stump anyone. Um, they're just like people like they have a certain story that when I look at it, it's just a, it's a reminder, yeah. you know, like, you know, like not a lot of people know who Al Smith is, you know, like not a lot of people know Ralph Bakshi, you know, um, I have a picture of Tutshore, Shore, who's my favorite bartender I have my favorite. One of the big portraits is seen, you know, I, who to me is the greatest graffiti artist ever, you know, um, like people like that were like, how do I say this without sounding corny? Like when people complain about gentrification and are like New York's and New York and neighborhoods, like, you know, like I understand it culturally, like obviously it's something you need to, you know, you need to discuss and I'm not dismissing that. But to me, New York is not a place like a neighborhood. You know, the culture is derived from people. So it doesn't matter if the Lower East Side becomes high rises. There'll be another there'll be another neighborhood that will become the Lower East Side because New York, the greatness of New York is the New Yorkers. Yeah. Is the people like New York is never going to stop creating or being you know like you know a cauldron for people to be great, you sure. know. Um, so when you see someone on the wall, they're usually exceptional at one thing. Like you know, I got Bobby Fisher on there. Bobby Fisher's a fucking nut job. <laughs> you know what I mean? The Jew who hates Jews and black people and freaking what you call it, but he's the greatest chess player of all time. You know, yeah. and that's something that when you talk about it. It was just like, oh, well, you know, he was exceptional at this one thing. He has a tragic life. 
You know what I mean? Obviously, some you know some mental illness, but you can't you can't define life by one thing. You know, so when you look at him, you know what I mean? Talking about the whole shebang, you know, it's like all right, I have him on there because you know, looking at him, it's just like it's a story you never forget. Yeah. You know, somebody like Ralph Bakshi, you know, like Ralph Bakshi. You know, it's one of my favorite fucking animators of all time. Not a lot of people know. I know Fritz the Cat and all the cute shit that he did. But, like, for me, my, my first experience with Ralph Bakshi was Coonskin, where I was like, holy shit, Coonskin is, like, one of those movies. Well, you hear the name, it's like, I feel bad saying it, you know? <laughs> but then when you start learning about the man's life, you know what I mean? You're like, oh, do I talk about Ralph Bakshi? I don't even know if I have enough time. Like, if I can spend all day talking <laughs> yeah. about Bakshi. Freaking Bakshi grew up in Brownsville, Brooklyn. The only white kid, only Jewish kid in an all-black neighborhood. Brownsville's always been a war zone. Like, even now. This is where Mike Tyson's from. People that don't know Brooklyn, like, this is where Mike Tyson's from. You know what I mean? Like, Brownsville is, you know, tough, real New York. Like, you know, you can't live in Brownsville and be soft. Um, and this is, like, in the 1940s. But he grew up, you know, the white kid growing around black people. And he was like, to him, it was normal. It was just like, oh, this is my life. These are my homies. This is, this is, there was no distinction there. Well, when he was nine years old, his family moves him down to Georgia. And they did exactly what they did in New York, only in Georgia, where it's like, oh, okay, well, where can we afford rent? This is where my job is. We're going to live in the black neighborhood. And when you live in the black neighborhood, you go to the black school. In Georgia, there was still segregation. Uh, yeah. So he, unbeknownst to his family, it was illegal for the little white boy to go to the black school. But the white school was 20 miles away, two-hour commute, and they're just like, and his father was like, fuck that. Like, you know, just put him in the school with the other kids. Like, what's the fucking problem? You know what I mean? This shouldn't be an issue. It was an issue when they sent the National Guard, armed National Guard, to his school to physically remove him. Wow. And there was like, at the age of nine years old, Ralph Bakshi completely understood what it was like to be black. So when you see the little white boy who eventually makes coonskin, like the name is made to make you uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. and then when you watch it, it's like, you know, it's a black exploitation film that's making fun of black exploitation films. And like, you know, it's a criticism of America, New York, all this stuff, like so many different levels. You know, like Tarantino, you know, can be kind of a prick, you know what I mean? But like, he makes movies that remember just like, you know, Ralph Bakshi is like one of the most influential, you know, human beings, you know, in my career, my creativity process. Just like this guy, you know, had no, I mean, wizards alone, you know what I mean? Like... So when I see Bakshi, you know what I mean? He just like, he's, yeah. every fucking picture I see of him is like him in a cigarette looking like a prick, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, God, I love that guy. You know what I mean? Like, God, this is somebody who gave no fucks, who was completely honest, who had tons of empathy, you know what I mean? Who sent a clear message. Like, that to me is like, that's what makes a New Yorker great. It's just like, yo, fuck that shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? We wanna, we, we're going we're gonna to have this conversation. You're not going to like it. It's like in the 1970s, you know, Barry White's in Coonskin. is fucking great. Like fucking, <laughs> you know, close your eyes and just hear Barry White say something. And you're just like, oh, yeah, I, I totally, I, I'm not gay, but I totally would. You're <laughs> so fucking sexy. I wish I, I wish I had. He has that Neil deGrasse Tyson voice where it's yeah. just like, dude, like, I don't even know, man. But like, you, you are just cool, man. That's awesome. Um, but, like, stories like that. Yeah. Or it's just, like, you know, not your typical New Yorkers. I love talking about, like, different... Some people make you uncomfortable. Some people you don't know about. But some people you also, know... That's yeah. also a lot... That's kind of a testament to uh, social interaction in New York City mm -hmm. altogether, you know? It's like, if you can be great in New York, you can be great anywhere. Yeah. You know, I hate saying it, you know, because it's not putting any other cities down. It's like hometown pride, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, these stories... I mean, for me, like like, graffiti... You know, something as simple as graffiti, where it just, you see it everywhere, but very few people actually pay attention to what's being written. Right. You know what I mean? So you'll see this name that you see everywhere, just like, you know, Cope or like, you know, like Send4. And, you know, you 
and you wonder to yourself, like, there's just subversive freaking, like, culture that exists that you're never going to see. You don't know who these people are. For some reason, they're writing on walls. They're doing it everywhere. You know, they're breaking the law. And they're doing, and, and then they're, they're doing it in complete anonymity forever. You know what I mean? That to me was always like, why the hell do these people do this? That's like, you know, and then I started just like, yeah, I get it. You know, like this weird fame. Um, and it could only exist in this, you know what I mean? Like it could yeah. only exist here. It could only be born here. It's like, all right, bet. Yeah. You know, so like, uh, I mean, I like people who are like kind of not, per, not only like that, but just like they're subversive. There's something, there's something a little bit dark about them that doesn't make sense. It's just like, yeah, I get it. You know? Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Let's take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll continue talking about Suffolk Arms and the Lower East Side of New York City, the greatest oh, yeah. city in the world, with oh, Giuseppe yeah. Gonzalez. Back in a moment. Today's program is proudly brought to you by Whole Foods Market, America's healthiest grocery store with more than 400 locations throughout the United States. Download the Whole Foods Market app on your smartphone for recipes, sales, information, and digital coupons. Or visit WholeFoodsMarket.com to find a store closest to you. And we are back. You're listening to The Speakeasy. Today we have Giuseppe Gonzalez of Suffolk Arms in New York City. I'm sorry. Whole Foods is a sponsor. That's awesome. I love Whole Foods. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I love Whole Foods. I can't. That make me a hypocrite. It's amazing. <laughs> awesome, man. Um, we were talking about the artwork you have in your bar and how, yeah, how I love the direction of that. That's that's awesome, man. That's really cool. Um, and it's extremely unique, mm-hmm. like not only in the, the ideas behind it, but also the the actual material that's made mm-hmm. out, you know. Um, one of the things I really like about just what's happening now, like, I mean, we've both worked in some very dark close-off bars, you know, Dude. without a sign. You know, there's a good few months I would go out of the year where I wouldn't see sunlight. Yeah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> man, like, I have not seen the sun yet. Like, parts in December where you're, like, working, like, seven, eight days a yeah. week. And you're just like, yeah. fuck. Like, you know, you go to work at five. It's dark. You get out at four in the morning. You know, and you, you see the sun maybe if you were, you know, if you were going hard after work or, yeah. like, in a diner at Wohop. It's like, okay, I get totally. to see the sun today. You know? <laughs> it's like, cool. Yeah, man. But you have plenty of windows in the spot. Yeah. I think that's something that we've... Like a few of us have been doing lately. I mean, that was one of the main things I wanted with my bar. I was like, I want to, I want windows, I want light. Yeah. You know, it. I think, I guess it just all happened. Man, it just all kind of happened. Like, like Donna has plenty of windows. Like Bell Rev. You know, there's there's light in yeah. bars now, which is really incredible because I love drinking in a bar during the day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, like for like for me, like. When I took over, I mean, like, Suffolk Arms used to be a bar called Meow Mix, which was, like, one of my mm-hmm. favorite dive, lesbian dive bars. Yeah. Um, and one of my favorites, because I had a happy hour at 3 in the morning, dollar, like, dollar, I would leave flat iron and go over to Meow. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like, two bucks. <laughs> For ten bucks, it's a party. I get to hang around awesome lesbians and freaking had a billiard table and a Miss <laughs> Pac-Man downstairs. Um, fucking great. But, like, they didn't have the windows. So, like, we actually built that in there. Um, but I guess it goes back to the concept. I hate using the fucking word concept. The, the, the <laughs> great, what I really wanted, you know, was this accessibility. 
where yeah. just like there's always that connotation with like especially with cocktail bars or like exclusivity where it's like oh, okay it's they're hard to get into they have rules and make shit uncomfortable you know what i mean am i dressed nice enough you know like you know do we do they take right. reservations should i not talk loud do i hit on girls do i not hit on girls right, do, right. you know do i bring a, you know like all this shit that, that makes you uncomfortable so like when especially when i designed the bar i was like i want something that gives me access to everybody everybody so like when i thought about it i was like all right then you gotta go you gotta go old school tavern you know it doesn't matter if you're old young white black asian latino blah straight gay you know what i mean everyone is familiar with a bar that looks like that yeah you know and everybody looks in and there's such beautiful windows and natural light goes in people feel comfortable you can look outside people watch you can look in you can look out um I think it's just I think it's just be- I think it's just cool especially like 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 there are times I'm there during the day and like the sun hits like you know on the east side and you're like oh crap man this is like I wish I could take a picture of this shit but yeah. then it's just like oh you know it's kind of lame taking a picture of your own bar and posting on Instagram and being like hey I'm fuck look how pretty my shit is you know <laughs> I, I, mean, I want people cool. I want people to experience it you know yeah, just like totally. alright or just like when you're in a closet you know not a closet but when you're in a dark space you know what I mean behaviors change you yeah. know like when it's amazing how like civil people are when they're hit with natural sunlight oh yeah it's just like oh okay it's still daylight you know what I mean it can't be an asshole you know what I mean, I mean drinking styles change behavior changes right. every, the energy changes you know what I mean even when it's dark and you can see the outside you still feel like you're connected outside so it's just like the, yeah. that imaginary wall just disappears yeah man and everybody's awesome yeah, man, it's it's funny, man. The psychology of of you know bar setups, bro. Like it's just like I know that like you know like like that was completely unintentional. Like, I didn't realize it until like you know like until deep into it, I was just like, and we took the walls down. Where I was like, holy crap! There's because like I had the I had it barricaded until like my last three weeks, and then when I saw it go out because. You know, you see the construction, but then you see it exposed to the world and all the sunlight goes in. Yeah. And you're like, crap, man, this is fucking cool. Like, yeah. I, hope, like I hope people get it, but if they don't, fuck it. Like, I like it. You yeah. know what I mean? Sure, man. Like, there are, like, a few places where just, like, where do you want to sit? It's like, oh, this is... I've literally... My office used to be, like... My office, sort of I mean, quotation marks, where it's just like it used to be at the bar, like have my laptop. Now I move it by the window, so it's like oh, sunlight, you know, that I mean, hits me, you know, like, a little bit more focused, you know, like you can see people walk, you know, walk by, you know, I procrastinate less. Still on Facebook every five seconds, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it's part of it. I guess. It happens. It happens. Yeah. Um, we haven't even talked about the drinks yet, man. Oh, they're they're fucking. Tell me what. Tell me what's going on with the cocktails. I mean. Man. Being being like kind of an old pub tavern style place, I'm sure you've got like a killer selection of beers. I mean, I, but you're definitely known for your cocktails. I mean, I went a completely different direction where I was just like, all right, bet like, like the bar. I mean, how do I say this? I think I said it, you know, with Stevie, where I was like, well, how did you design the bar? It's like I designed the bar to make me happy. Um, if I'm happy, my staff is happy, my guests are happy, you know, everybody's happy. You know, but if like, you know, there are certain things in there where it's just like, I feel I have to compromise or I know it's not up to spec or there's, so, you know, just something. And that's the beauty. That's another reason it took me so fucking long, because just like I didn't want any investors, just me and my partner, you know, and all the money I owe my mother. <laughs> you think I'm kidding. Um, but freaking like when I did the cocktail menu, I started off with this super nerdy, super verbose 
freaking, you know, like, you know, like long homage to every drink that was completely fucking unreadable. <laughs> I mean, it was readable, it was interesting, but it was good for me. You know, and I'm like, no one's ever going to sit down and ever fucking like read this whole menu. Like, it's not workable. It's not pragmatic. Um, so then I just stripped it completely. And I was like, fuck it. And the only thing you have, I literally timed myself and I edited it to the point where like you could read the Suffolk Arms menu in a minute. Yeah. And I was like, that is like, that works. And it basically goes into like what I've seen in other bars, like Flatiron, Clover, Pegu, which like in one minute you can look, scan, and you can find something and then you can interact with your server or like you can just talk to your friends, you know, as opposed to like reading this long thing. I mean, I love, you know, like, you know, like the Dead Rabbit menu is fucking awesome. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't know how many times, you know what I mean? Like I know I'll read it I'm like on my, on my spare time, but if I'm on a date, you know what I mean? It's like, all right, bet they have the express menu, which is brilliant, mm-hmm. you know? And I was just like, let me just go a different direction. I don't want to, I'm lazy. Well, I'm not lazy, but like, I don't want to have to change my menu. So they make a hard template. So it's three sections, kept it real simple. Freaking signature drinks, because I'm always going to be creating drinks. You're always going to be creating drinks. We're always going to have that part in our menu. Second part, classics, because I love history. Anybody that knows me, like I just, like I talk about box shits, I read, I don't know, as many cocktail books as I can, as many homies. Um, so there's a classic section, which isn't really a classic section, but whatever. And the last part is where I like to fuck with people. So it's like, all right, there's always something on the back of my mind where it's just like, all right, I really want to explore this idea fully. Um, I want to throw it in people's faces. I want to freaking, you know, challenge, you know what I mean, regular, you know, what are accepted norms or accepted ideas and be like, all right, well, check out this section of the menu and let's see how your argument holds and like how my beliefs, you know, can challenge that. Um, and that's always going to be there. There's like, I literally wrote down a list. It's just like, I could make a whole, you know what I mean? Like I could, yeah. um, and that's my template. So when I have to do my signature drinks, it's like, all right, babe, all my signature drinks are replicable. That's the one hard rule. Um, replicable meaning that, like, I don't want to see any infusions. I don't want to see anything that another... Like, if I give you a cocktail spec, if you see something on my menu, Damon, you could make it at your bar. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can make it anywhere. Um, I make the Infante all the time. Exactly. You know what I mean? Where it's like, what are the, like that's a classic. Where, like, I've, I've had amazing drinks that have infusions. It's not a critic. You know, I've had some fucking baller drinks. But the biggest, the biggest frustration is just, like, once once you do the menu change, the drink disappears forever. Yeah. Or if I see it on a cocktail menu, you know what I mean? It's like, all right, bet. You know, like, I can replicate it, but there's that extra step of work. And then there's a consistency where it's like, oh, man, like, you know. So the rule is, if it goes on the menu, it's there forever. It can never go off. Which really is tough. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. You're basically messing around with the the idea of modern classics, something mm-hmm. that you know, a classic ingredient that was around a hundred years ago that, or or maybe a little less, but like something that you can find in like every bar. Yeah, um, the modern classics in the second section because it's just like all right, one of those things. Just like I used to do it all the time. Just like you put a Manhattan on your menu, and it's just like now that you know, twelve, thirteen years in the game in New York. Where I'm like, yeah, it's kind of a waste of space because, like, any great bar can make a Manhattan. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I can go to your bar in Manhattan. I can go to freaking Applebee's in Manhattan. You come to my bar in Manhattan. So why did I put it on the menu? That's implicit, you mm-hmm. know, to the guest. It should and, be, at least. Yeah, you know. But, you know, like a Manhattan variation, that, you know what I mean, to me, is like something like sure. the Greenpoint, the Red Hook, you know, like right. the Little Italy. You know what I mean? Those are just like, that's something I think, you know, it's like, oh, not everybody knows about that drink. 
Um, and last but not least, the vodka section, which is on the free. Everyone's just like, Joey, you know, like you put a vodka section for the guests. Just like, no, man, I'm just freaking it. I put that section on there to fuck with you because I'm sick and tired <laughs> of fucking hearing bullshit. Um, you see, God damn it, man, we have four minutes left and I had, you know, let me, you know, fuck it. Let's go. Um, <laughs> where it's like, okay, like, you know, I'm 13. Like when I first started as a bartender, you know what I mean? Like what got me excited were vodka cocktails. Yeah. That's not bullshit. Like, you know. Um, so when a bartender, when I hear the bullshit where it's like, oh, all vodka tastes the same. Um, no, buddy, that's not true. Put the vodkas, line them up, not the same. Oh, if you mix vodka in a highball, blah, 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 you know, you lose the flavor of vodka. And I'm like, you know, strong argument, you know what I mean? Vodka, cranberry, Belvedere, Smirnoff, Kettle One, whatever the fuck you do in there, it becomes different. But that, let's do that with bourbon. Can you fucking differentiate? Let's do that with rye. Let's do that with tequila. Can you tell me which one is the cheap one, which one's the expensive? No, it becomes more difficult. That's just a standard amongst all the spirits. Mm-hmm. So bullshit right there. You know, it's like, oh, you can't be creative with vodka. I'm just like, you're saying you can't be creative with something that basically is a victim of his own success. Where it's like, okay, um, 1998, every fucking vodka, every drink, every new cocktail invented was a vodka cocktail. Let's say a couple thousand of those, Damon. Yeah. All right. Easily. So you're telling me out of a couple thousand drinks, there wasn't one or two or three or maybe a couple hundred that were creative. Sure. You know what I mean? And so the last section, I basically picked and choose. I pick and chose um, some heavy hitters. I was just like, all right, you know, I'm going to put Julie Reiner on the menu. I'm going to put Dick Bradzel. I'm going to put Audrey Saunders. I'm going to put Salvatore Calabres. I'm going to put, you know, Hidetsugo Uena. You know, I'm going to put Legends guys in the game for 20 years i'm gonna pick their best vodka drink put on the menu and then you tell me yeah. i mean they were creative with vodka you know i mean i had toby c make me a cosmo at his bar long island bar and dude it was actually it was a great drink i had to try it out from the dude and he made it and i was like you know what i was i was even sitting with thomas wall and we tried it and we we're like it's a good drink yeah and man. that's that's a really critical motherfucker right there it's one of those things where it's just like or like where like it always weighs on me because just like i'm not talking shit about traditional media but they'll explore it and then they won't go in i'm like oh we can go in like if you want to talk like history of vodka you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. that shit is fucking amazing like if you want to talk about one brand that's fucking dope ass history it's like it's vodka and it's the one that we all hate you know what i mean like freaking we can talk about keith herring you know, being the second commission for Absolute, talking about, like, you know, the, going from the Cosmopolitan, talking about the, the launch of liquor brands, you know, like, freaking, we can go with Andy Warhol, like, you know, like, music. I mean, like, there's so many connections there. Like, that one section has Howard Zinn, Jane Jacobs, and Keith Haring. And, like, yeah, they have something to do with vodka cocktails. I'll explain it to you later. You know, do we have time? Freaking, which I don't know. We got a, we got a little bit of time. All right. Freaking, let's. Oh, I'm fucking. I'm, I'm gonna be. Pl- I'm gonna be plugging Absolute. I guess I don't know, but nothing against Absolute. Let's start about. People talk about bartenders started the cocktail movement. I'm like, no, brands started the bar- cocktail movement. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? All, all, all examples of innovation, all new products, all everything started with brands because they were the ones creating new shit for us to use. Um, there's a guy named by the Michelle Rue. Michelle Rue creates the Absolute ad campaign. Absolute ad campaign is hands down the most successful ad campaign of all time. Still in effect. At one point, they're like, you know, he's coming to America saying, like, drink Swedish vodka. What the fuck is Swedish vodka? Vodka is Polish or Russian. That's it. Yeah. So he thinks outside the box. And he's like, fuck it. I'm going to sell my shit to the outliers. 
You know what I mean? I'm going to sell it. You know, first ever ad campaign that openly advertised the gays, you know, to minorities. You know what I mean? Nightclubs, bottle service. You know what I mean? Studio 54. Like, I'm going to go anywhere. And then he decides, oh, you know what? Where Where is the coolest place? Where are these people, this hub of coolness? You know what I mean? He goes to New York. He hires Andy Warhol. Andy Warhol proceeds to do the first ever. He's the first ever artist commissioned for Absolute. Andy Warhol gets to pick the next 12. I might be wrong on that number, but he gets to pick the next bunch. The second artist he picks was Jean-Michel Basquiat. Basquiat being the dumb Puerto Rican that he is, and I can say that because I'm Puerto Rican. Nobody else ever say that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the dumb Puerto Rican that he is says, no, I don't know, blah, blah, it's so new, I don't really do that. Second artist he freaking commissions is freaking Keith Haring. Okay? And when you start talking about that, I'm like, yo, dude, that's fucking cool. You know what I mean? Like, yo, Andy Warhol actually did that. And then he commissioned these artists. I mean, even Ron English, you know what I mean? Talks about like how, you know what I mean? That commission, you know, changed his career. Right. You know, like little rules where it's just like, yo, I don't even know if they do it anymore. But there was a while where no artist was allowed to get paid more than $35,000. Absolute refused to pay them more than that because that was the Andy Warhol ceiling. Because if you freaking were an artist, then the next... He's like, I want to get paid $36,000. The absolute just went back and go, well, are you better than Andy Warhol? <laughs> and the answer would be no. And they'd be like, well, fuck off. You'll get your 34999 whatever the fuck it is. You know, and then when you talk about Sidney Frank being a freaking nut job um, with Grey Goose, like such, such interesting stuff. And then when you yeah. see like the... You know, like when brands and bartenders work together, there's some magical shit happen, you know? And when you start seeing, like, you know, when people think history doesn't repeat itself, you know, blue drinks, ice cream cocktails, and jello shots are older than the martini. And that's a fact. All right? Yeah. And then when you start thinking the foo-foo drinks, and you start thinking the birth of tiki, you know what I mean? All these crazy tiki drinks, you know what I mean? New cocktail movement starts off with these ridiculous drinks that sometimes we don't think are serious, and then eventually become classics. 1980, the same fucking thing happens, where it's just like you see all these crazy drinks that look kind of fucking weird. Sopra Martini, freaking Cosmo, and then eventually it leads to speakeasies in New York and the global phenomenon and blah, blah. Like, it all repeats itself. So, mm-hmm. like, when people are, like, shitting on it, I'm like, oh, well... You know, like, it's hard to, ha- like, have that conversation. It's like, yo, there's a lot of cool shit, man. You know, like, eh. anyway, sorry. I'm, this is, there's my rant. I, that was, that was beautiful, man. That was freaking beautiful. I liked having honest conversations about cars. I was like, yo, sit down. Yeah. Don't tell me. Sit you down, know, son. I, I like telling bartenders, <laughs> you're not a brand ambassador. Talk to me like a fucking bartender. I don't want to talk about, st- like, when people offer me, like, oh, you want to go see the still at so-and-so country? I'm like, uh, I've read a book before. I know how to still fucking works. <laughs> None of you are doing anything different. You know what I mean? Your copper pot, bronze pot, you know, angel, unicorn horn, whatever the fuck pot. You know, like, it all works the same. Yeah. You know, like, let's sit down, try the juice, see where you're different, blah. There we go. All right. Uh, anyway, sorry. That's awesome. <laughs> Dude. Thanks, thanks for that. Um, I'm a nerd. Sorry, I, I, I don't think anyone in the almost 200 episodes of the show has defended vodka so highly. So I'm, heavily. I, <laughs> I, to end it, just like I always tell my bartenders, I tell bartenders like, don't become emotionally invested in what people drink. Yeah, you know, like. Like, the, like if a guy orders a girly drink, if a girl drinks a whiskey, you know what I mean? That doesn't necessarily make them any better than anybody else. Yeah. Like, my mom was raised by a bartender, married a bartender, gave birth to a bartender. She fucking drinks white Russians. You know what I mean? And she goes into your bar. You don't make a white Russian, you're a fucking asshole. Because there's <laughs> anybody that understands, like, this culture would be her. Yeah. You know, so like, don't, don't just assume you can, don't assume anything. You can know, well, 
gave my mom a shout out. Ma, I'll pay you in a couple of years. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> Did she hang out at the bar? Um, oh man, uh, the last time she, the last time she she hung out with me. Karen Stanley was, you know, you know, mm-hmm. Cobra. Cobra was bartending. She loves Cobra. She thinks Cobra is the big, the greatest bartender on earth. And I made her a drink. She sent it back. It's like Joey, I want her to make it, motherfucker. Says it really. Called my mom. Called me a motherfucker at the bar. Cobra <laughs> starts laughing. The whole room stops. It's quiet because, like, yo, who's this little Puerto Rican woman screaming, motherfucker? And I'm like, no, no, sorry, no, no, that's my mom. <laughs> and you know, so. Uh, does she hang at the bar? Yes. She loves old Cubans and freaking white Russians. I always nice. have to make sure I can make either or. Nice, dude. Well, those are two great drinks. Man, I can't wait to come by the Suffolk Arms. Uh, check out the website, SuffolkArms.com. It's uh, going to be up and running in just a little bit. It's The page is up. It'll be rocking and rolling soon. Uh, and But more so than that, go to the damn bar. Word. Yeah, man. And I'm sure I'll run to all of you there. Man, j- j- I'm so so happy for you, man. We are going to make out later. Don't make it weird. We're gonna, once I the radio is, we're going to make out. Gotta it's get Brooklyn. It's cool, right? Yeah, it's cool. You it's know how I here. feel about Brooklyn. I know. The same way I feel about Manhattan. <laughs> um, and that's why. That's the true reason I haven't been there. Fuck no. Brooklyn. Uh, <laughs> I'll make it over soon. Uh, maybe tonight, actually. Word. All right. If you see me there, I'm going to be really sad and tired. It'll be cool. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks again, Jim. All right, Papa. Giuseppe Gonzalez from Suffolk Arms on the Speakeasy today. That was a great show. I can't wait to go check it out. You should, too. And check out Heritage Radio Network for many other programs like this one. Till then, cheers, brother. Holler. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.